If you want to follow along the scripture lesson today, I would encourage you to turn to Acts chapter 10 in your Bible or in your Bible app. And if you don't know when I keep referring to a Bible app, there are many out there. Uh, I would encourage you to go to Google Play or the App Store, wherever you get your apps, and download version, uh, and it's free. And you can download, I don't know how many by now, scores of different Bible translations so that you can compare and contrast different versions, find the one that you like the best, and, and use it. But it, Acts chapter 10 is where we're going to be in about 8 or 10 minutes. Uh, but first, I want to just kind of review, because we've been in this series on prayer for several weeks, and I want to just mention three uh, truths that we talked about the very first week. One of them is 1 Thessalonians 5.17, which says, pray without ceasing, pray continually. You wonder how you can do that. We're going to talk about it next Sunday. That's going to be our lesson, Lord willing, for next Sunday. But I want to give you this quote again from Mark Batterson. God wants us to live our lives in prayer mode. Prayer is the only way we're going to reach our God-given potential. Prayer is the way to get a fresh perspective on my life. Prayer heightens my spiritual awareness and fine-tunes my spiritual intuition. Prayer is the way I untangle my problems. Prayer is the way I see opportunities and believe God for miracles. If you take prayer out of the equation, all we can hope for is our human best. And I want more than that. Yeah, I do too. Don't live your life in the way that the best you can do is the best you can do. Live in a way that the best you can do is the best God can do. And if I don't pray, then the best I can do is the best I can do. But when I pray, I can do the best God can do abundantly, exceedingly, above all I can ask or think. And then he says, you don't have to pray, you get to pray. It's a powerful quote. And then when we were in Matthew chapter 6, in verses 5 and 6, Jesus says, when you pray. He didn't say, if you pray, he said, when you pray. He expects us to pray. And we looked at that famous verse in 2 Chronicles chapter 7, verse 14. And if you, if you get down to the main phrases of that verse, if my people pray, I will hear. What an incredible truth. When we pray, God hears. That's why we pray. Because we're talking to a God who's listening. That's an exciting truth. And then he said in Matthew 6, 6, when you pray, go into your room and close the door. And we've talked about that. That I know it, that seems to contradict pray continually, and we'll try to explain the contradiction or seeming contradiction next week. But there are times when you need a quiet place to shut out all the distractions because you've got some serious needs and you need some insight from God and you need the distractions shut out. And that's what he's talking about. Have a place where you can pray. Now, before we go any further, and before we get to Acts 10, Mike's going to put a picture up on the screen, and you don't have to shout out what you think it is. Some of you know what that is. Some of you have zero idea what that is. That, my friends, is what a car radio used to be. That is an AM car radio. I'm familiar with that. 
the little buttons on the bottom is how you preset stations. The left knob is on off and volume control. The right knob, if you see that red indicator there, that's how you know what station you're on. The right knob tuned to where you could get the frequency to that AM station. When you had an AM radio in your car, man, you had arrived. And then a few years later, if you had an AM FM radio in your car, that was really it. And then you added a cassette player and boy, you were, you were the, the, the talk of the town. But, you know, I, it seemed like in the early days of FM radio, there were like six stations. You know, there, there weren't many FM stations. But that is an AM radio. Some of us remember that as you turn the dial to find your station, much of what you heard was static until you finally found the frequency where a station was broadcasting and you could listen. And you didn't want to touch that dial because the slightest bump of that thing and you would lose the frequency and you were back to static. There was a policy, and it may still be true of AM stations, I don't know, but in those days, most AM stations at sunset had to either power down significantly or just shut off. And there were a lot of AM stations, you may have listened to them, AM station that at sunset you heard the Star Spangled Banner and then the station was off the air till sunrise the next morning. Some of them just had to power down. And you could be in a little town with, a, with an AM radio station and you could be listening to it and when sunset came you couldn't pick it up anymore because they had to power down the, the power that they were sending out the signal. And if you were traveling especially after sunset, you would frequently begin to lose the signal of that station. But then another station that you were getting closer to would come in. And for a few moments, you could actually listen to both stations at the same time. Maybe that explains part of our problems that we're having. But because but they, they shared the frequency. However, there were a few clear channel AM stations. Either they were the only station on that frequency or every other station on that frequency at sunset had to power down dramatically so that that clear channel station you could pick up all night long because it was the only station broadcasting on that frequency. I grew up in these days, I was in Ohio, West Virginia, Pennsylvania, and we had clear channel KDKA in Pittsburgh. And when you could find KDKA, it didn't matter where we were driving. A lot of times we drove back on Sunday nights after a camp meeting service or a revival service that we had gone to, and, and we were spending two or three hours on the road after sunset. And if we could find KDKA, Back then, I don't know if they still do, back then I could listen to the Pittsburgh Pirates play baseball on the radio, and that would entertain us through the night. A clear channel station from sunset to sunrise, nothing was interfering with KDKA. Of course, today, there's satellite radio. And if your car has a satellite antenna, 
it can receive the satellite signal, which I'm told is about the size of a dime. And if you activate the satellite service, you can receive that signal and listen to however many stations you're willing to pay for as long as nothing's blocking the signal. Now when you go under the bridge at I-20 and Washington Road, you're going to lose the signal for a little bit because it's blocked the satellite signal. But once you get on that frequency, you can receive the signal. What? Now what are you talking about, preacher? <laughs> I believe that this is an illustration limited but an illustration of what prayer is prayer is getting on God's frequency he's sending out the signals the question is are we tuned in I'm convinced God's speaking a whole lot more than we're listening and and I t as the week went on I thought man I just ought to do a whole sermon parable on this because there's so many truths to it but I just want to focus on get on God's frequency tune in to what he is saying to us and now we get to Acts 10 Acts 10 is an incredible story and it's a story that toggles between two characters who don't know each other but you can tell as the story progresses that their lives are going to intertwine. What you don't know until you get to the end of the story is how earth-shattering this event is. Acts chapter 10. At Caesarea there was a man named Cornelius. He was a Gentile, a centurion in what was known as the Italian regiment. He and all his family were devout and God-fearing. He gave generously to those in need and prayed to God regularly. One day at about three o'clock in the afternoon, he had a vision. He distinctly saw an angel of God who came to him and said, Cornelius. Cornelius stared at him with fear. I would imagine I would too if, if an angel showed up. What is it, Lord, he asked. The angel answered, your prayers and gifts to the poor have come up as a memorial offering before God. Now send men to Joppa to bring back a man named Simon who's called Peter. He's staying with Simon the Tanner, there were a lot of Simons in those days, whose house is by the sea. When the angel who spoke to him had gone, Cornelius called two of his servants and a devout soldier who was one of his attendants. He told them everything that had happened and sent them to Joppa. About noon the following day, as they were on their journey and approaching the city, Peter went up on the roof to pray. He became hungry and wanted something to eat. It was lunchtime. And while the meal was being prepared, he fell into a trance. He saw heaven opened and something like a large sheet being let down to earth by its four corners. It contained all kinds of four-footed animals as well as reptiles and birds. Then a voice told him, Get up, Peter, kill and eat. Surely not, Lord, Peter replied. I've never eaten anything impure or unclean. A lot of the animals that were on that sheet were animals that were forbidden for the Jews to eat. They were considered unclean. The voice spoke to him a second time. Don't call anything impure that God has made clean. This happened three times, and immediately the sheet was taken back to heaven. While Peter was wondering about the meaning of the vision, 
The men sent by Cornelius found out where Simon's house was and stopped at the gate. They called out asking if Simon, who was known as Peter, was staying there. While Peter was still thinking about the vision, the Spirit said to him, Simon, three men are looking for you. So get up and go downstairs. Don't hesitate to go with them. I have sent them. Peter went down and said to the men, I'm the one you're looking for. Why have you come? The men replied, We've come from Cornelius the centurion. He is a righteous and God-fearing man who's respected by all the Jewish people. A holy angel told him to ask you to come to his house so that he could hear what you have to say. Then Peter invited the men into the house to be his guests, and the next day Peter started out with them. Some of the believers from Joppa went along. We don't have the time to read the whole rest of the 10th chapter of Acts, but when Peter gets to Cornelius' household, Cornelius has invited family members and friends, and there's a large group of people there. Peter wonders what in the world's going on, and then says to them, I just had a vision. God showed me that even though I, as a Jew, I'm not even supposed to be in your house since you're a Gentile, since God has called you clean, I can come. And I have discerned from that that God will accept anyone who comes to him. And as a result of that event, the gospel is opened to us, the Gentiles. Because two men... 32 miles away from each other were praying. Let's look at this. Verse 2. Cornelius, a Gentile, prayed to God regularly. And this prayer is about to change history. We need to understand that prayer is how you get insights from God. A consistent Prayer life is how you get answers and insights from God. Not hit and miss. Too many of us wonder why God's not speaking to us and we haven't talked to him in six months. And then all of a sudden a crisis comes up and we run to him in prayer. You know, Sometimes he's gracious and helps us out in those times. But what I'm talking about is he prayed to God regularly. A consistent communication with God. And we'll talk about that more next week but a consistent communication with God. Staying on his frequency is how you receive his signal. It's how you receive his insight. It's how you receive his wisdom. I've heard people talk about getting a download from God. Staying on his frequency. That's how he speaks to us. But oh, I love what the angel said to him in verse 4, your prayers have come up as a memorial offering to God. Your prayers are not forgotten. Your prayers are not unnoticed. Last couple weeks, Don has been saying, there's no expiration date on prayer. And many of us can think about people in our lives that we know Somebody had been praying for them for years. They're no longer here on this earth, but their prayers are now being answered because there's no expiration date on prayer. And the angel says, Cornelius, your prayers have been stored up as a memorial. The Bible says that God collects the tears that we've shed and keeps them. 
as a memorial. Your prayers are not forgotten. Your prayers are not useless. Your prayers maybe haven't been answered yet. And you may not be alive to see them answered. But prayers are not forgotten. Prayers are not unnoticed. God is speaking. And when we pray, we have to get on his frequency. There is now satellite radio. There used to be two main providers, Sirius and XM. Now they've merged. But the, I bought a used car several years ago, and it had an XM radio in it. And it came with a free trial. I don't remember if it was six months or a year or something like that. A free trial of XM radio, satellite radio. The car was equipped with the receiver, the satellite antenna, and I still had to activate the service. But once I did, oh my, <laughs> satellite radio is amazing. If I was in the mood for Southern Gospel, I could listen to Enlighten. If I was in the mood for contemporary worship, I could listen to The Message. If I was in the mood for Kirk Franklin, he has a channel. If I was in the mood for reliving my youth, there was a 60s channel and a 70s channel and an 80s channel and a 90s channel. And oh my goodness, then I found ESPN Radio and ESPN2 Radio and Fox Sports Radio and NFL Radio and College Sports Radio. Oh my. Now, they did not start sending out those signals the day I activated the service in that car. They'd been sending out that signal for years before I was equipped to receive them. And I want to say to you again, God's talking, but you got to get on his frequency. And you get on his frequency through consistent prayer. Consistent prayer is how you stay tuned in to the radio station you want to listen to. And so the angel says, go to Joppa, find a man named Simon who lives by the sea. Because there's another man named Simon Peter who's staying with Simon the Tanner. Now it wasn't a tanning salon. He dealt with animal skins. I don't know how many Simons there lived in Joppa. But God gave them enough information to know first, get to Joppa, and then look for Simon the Tanner, and then ask for Simon Peter. See, God gives us just enough information to get started. What I want God to do for me, and I don't know if you're like this or not, but what I want God to do for me is say, Ken, you need to go to Joppa. Here's the street number. Here's the address specifically, and it's apartment A, and, and here's everything you need to get there. But he usually doesn't do that. He says, go to Joppa. And what I've learned is when I get to Joppa, then he's going to show me where I need to go next. God gives us just enough information to get us started. And when we take that step of obedience, then he gives us what we need to know next. So Cornelius doesn't hesitate. The Bible says that as soon as the angel left, he called two of his servants and a soldier and sent them out to Joppa. Joppa is 32 miles south of Caesarea. 
So Cornelius is 32 miles north of Peter. That does not seem like much to us until we learn that the typical person in the first century never traveled more than 35 miles away from their home their entire life. And so they're making a 32-mile trip. That's probably longer than they've ever traveled around away from their home. It's a big deal. It wasn't just going across the street. Understand? Because, you know, they started out one afternoon, and they don't get there till the next day. So this is a big deal. I, rem- I guess I'm on a technology kick this morning. I remember the first time I used GPS in my car. Brian had moved to a new house. I had never been there. So I was, Dad, he just said, Dad, just put in the address in the GPS. And of course, he had to show me how to do it. <laughs> And I came up to an intersection, and this voice said to me, in 25 yards, take the left-hand lane and turn left. What is this freak? How do you know where I am? How do you know what's 25 yards ahead of me? But she did. GPS rarely says, in 150 miles, you're going to turn left. GPS will say, get on this road and go straight for 100 miles. And then eventually it'll say, in two miles, take the right-hand lane. In 25 yards, take the right-hand lane. God gives us the information we need when we need it, not before we need it. If he says, go to Joppa, go to Joppa. But I don't know where Simon the Tanner is. Just go to Joppa. And God will take care of it from there. Prayer is where you get your marching orders. Prayer is where you get your instructions. When you pray regularly, you will begin to get thoughts and impressions and ideas that you've never had before. It's how you get on God's frequency. And if you have a regular prayer life, It will save you from mistakes that you would have otherwise made because God will be communicating to you. Watch out for that. Be careful about that. Now, it's up to you whether you pay attention to it or not. But it's as you pray that you get these insights, things you never otherwise have because you're in constant contact with God. Oh, and by the way, when you hear from God, it will always be consistent with the scripture. You will never hear something in prayer from God that contradicts what the Bible says. So just make sure that you understand that. Well, in verse 9, the scene shifts. At noon the following day, Cornelius's friends are approaching the city, and Peter goes up to the roof to pray. It's lunchtime. He's hungry. I will confess to you that when it's lunchtime and I'm hungry, I'm not thinking about praying. I'm thinking about where's the food. But Peter is praying while he's waiting on the meal to be prepared. Why is Peter up on the roof praying while the meal's being prepared? You go back to Acts chapter 9 
And at the end of Acts chapter 9, there is a disciple who lived in Joppa whose name was Tabitha. Some translations call her Dorcas. She dies. They send for Peter, who's in another village. Peter comes, but before he gets there, she dies. And Peter goes to her and begins to pray, and she comes back to life. I don't know, but I think if I prayed and somebody came back to life, I'd probably pray every chance I had too. You're cooking, I'm going to be praying. And none of, to my knowledge, I think you would have probably said something about it if you had prayed and saw somebody come back to life. But I do have an idea that we've seen enough miracles and enough answers to prayer and enough interventions by God when we prayed that we should pray. And, and when we think about what God has done for us, when we think about the answers to prayer, it ought to motivate us to pray in those down times. While he was waiting, he's praying. Which leads me to ask me and you, what do you do when those, with those gaps of time in your life? What do you do while you're waiting? Do you waste them? Or do you pray them? We all have those times when we're stuck. <laughs> it, I, I'm, I'm grateful that I don't have to go downtown to work anymore, but if you've ever had to work in downtown Augusta and you timed it wrong and you got behind one of those trains. I don't know if it's just me, but it seems the trains in Augusta are about six miles long and they go about six miles an hour through downtown. And they break up every single crossroads. And if you get a car behind you, you're not going anywhere. And you're stuck till that train gets past the crossing. And sometimes it's 10 or 15 minutes. What are you going to do during that 10 or 15 minutes? Fuss and stew and gripe and complain and talk about how stupid all this stuff is. Or you could listen to the radio, or you could put on praise music, or you could pray. You say, okay, God, I'm stuck here, and I don't do this all the time. I don't expect you to do it all the time. Sometimes it's okay to listen to the radio, you know. But sometimes it would be a good opportunity, especially if you've been saying, man, I'm too busy to pray. Now all of a sudden you're stuck, and you literally can't go anywhere. Lord, I want to revisit what I've been praying about. You know this situation with so-and-so or this situation at work or this relationship issue, and it's got me confused. I'm frustrated. I don't know what to do. God, would you give me some insight? Would you give me courage? Would you help me know what to do? And spend that time, the gaps, the wasted times. Pray them. That's what Peter's doing. This is not his normal time to pray. He's just waiting on lunch. But because he had just seen an incredible answer to prayer, he's praying. And God shows him this vision. The sheet that comes down from heaven with all these unclean animals in it, and the angel says, eat them. 
Peter says, no, I've never eaten anything unclean. It's against my Jewish faith. I'm not going to do that. Three times, three times God gives him that vision. I'm so glad that I'm not the only person that God has to show things to more than once. And by the way, if you're really tuned into God's frequency, he will do what he has to do to, to get you to understand what he's trying to say to you. And so while he's praying and wondering, I love verse 17, while he's wondering about the meaning of the vision, all of a sudden Cornelius's men are there. Things are about to get excited. So again, it's significant that we remember, so I'm going to repeat it, that the vision that Peter receives is that what God has called clean he was not to call unclean. And the Jews considered Gentiles unclean. In fact, as a part of their regular prayers, they prayed and thanked God that they were not born a Gentile. And so to Peter, he's not, supposed to, he's not even supposed to go into the house of a Gentile. What he doesn't know is there's three Gentiles at his front door inviting him to go to another Gentile's house. And so God has prepared him for what's getting ready to happen because he's praying. I'm convinced that if you will pray regularly and if you will learn the discipline of, of doing some journaling, and I'm not talking about, you know, 1800 words every day but just a couple of sentences of what you thought you heard God say today that that will become an invaluable resource as you make decisions there was a time in earlier in our ministry where we were convinced we were going to stay at the church where we were for a long time and then I got a call to think about going to another church I didn't know what to do. I wasn't looking to leave. But one of the things that we had done, we had had a small group at our church, and we had been talking about journaling, and, and every day reading a few verses of Scripture, praying, and then jotting down impressions and thoughts and ideas that you had received. And I went back, and I read through those journal entries. God had been preparing me to move for a year. But when you just hear something one day and hear something a couple days later, you know, you don't put it all together until you sit down and read the whole thing and it's like, oh, yeah, we're supposed to move. That's <laughs> what God's been saying for a year. If you're really listening, God will give you what you need for the next step. If Peter had not been praying, and had not gotten that vision, he would have never gone with those men to, back to Cornelius' house. But because he has a consistent prayer time, God gives him what he needs to take the next step. And when Peter gets to Cornelius' house, he says, "I, you know I'm not supposed to be here, <laughs> but God has showed me that he will receive anybody from any nation. 
and the Holy Spirit falls on those Gentiles. And then Peter gets called on the carpet because the, the story continues in Acts 11 when the people at headquarters in Jerusalem hear that Peter's been saying that the Gentiles can be saved. And they call him on the carpet. What's this we hear about you going to Cornelius' house and preaching the gospel to the Gentiles? And he tells them about his vision. He tells them about what happened at Cornelius' house. And the council of Jerusalem says, we have agreed. Gentiles are welcome too. And I don't think any of us in here are, are Jewish by birth. So the only reason that we're in church today, the only reason we know Jesus as our Savior today, is because 2,000 years ago, a Gentile man, Cornelius, and a Jewish man, Peter, are praying 32 miles apart. And God brings them together. And we're in. <laughs> because Peter and Cornelius prayed. I mentioned Bart Batterson earlier. I heard him teach on this passage, and he said this. It all traces back to two guys who were praying. And if they're not praying, I don't think they have the vision. And if they don't have the vision, I don't think the divine appointment happens. And if the divine appointment doesn't happen, I don't think the Council of Jerusalem says everybody's in. And if that doesn't happen, we're out. <laughs> we're here today because two men had prayer habits. They had consistent times of prayer. And amazing things happened. Get on God's frequency. Tune your dial to where he's speaking. And you do that through a consistent time of prayer. I put some things in your notes as kind of a practical suggestion. <laughs> it was kind of funny. I said, use the newspaper. Newspaper? What's that? <laughs> but, but there are things that we can do. Have a place to pray. Pray in the gaps. Pray while you're waiting. Use those down times as times to maintain your connection through God. And again, it doesn't always have to be prayer. It can be listening to a praise song. I hope if you've got a, a portable device, a phone or a tablet or something, and, and you have a music service that you can download music, I hope you've got some praise music, some worship music on that pray, player playlist so that when you're stuck, if you can't find anything on the radio you want to listen to, you can pull out your device and pull up your worship prayer list or your praise playlist, and you can listen to some music because worship music helps you maintain that connection to God. Pray through your day. I've talked about that before. Pray through the appointments that you have. Pray through the meetings that you have. But as you pray, listen. As you pray, say, God, speak to me. And then obey. You won't know where Simon the Tanner is until you get to Joppa. And this is something that I've had to struggle with pretty much all my Christian life. I want to know where it's going to end up. You know, I, I want to know what's going to happen six months from now, a year from now. At least I used to. 
And I've had to learn that God rarely shows me that. He just shows me the next step. He didn't give Cornelius the address of Simon the Tanner. He just said, you get to Joppa. He lives by the sea. Well, the Sea of Galilee is a pretty good sea. And so there would be lots of Simons living by the sea. But he gave him the information he needed to get started. And when those guys show up to Joppa, they start asking, does anybody know where Simon the Tanner who lives by the sea is? Oh yeah, he's that house down there. And it just so happens. Uh, have you never, things don't just so happen with God. But it just so happens that Peter's been praying and has gotten this vision that God calls everybody clean. And so when they're at the door, Peter says, I think you're looking for me. And I think there's something we're supposed to do. And we're here today because two men had regular prayer habits. Get on God's frequency. Things will happen in your life you won't be able to explain. Insights, revelation, wisdom, knowledge that you have no idea where it came from. It came from your connection to God. He's talking. Are you tuned in? Father, how good it is to know that we can bring everything to you in prayer. And how encouraging it is to know that not only is prayer us talking to you, prayer is you talking to us. And sometimes, Lord, we, we admit that we're too busy praying to you to take the time to listen to you. And so help us to make sure that we incorporate into our prayer time some quiet time. It's kind of funny that we call our prayer time quiet time and we're hardly ever quiet. But Lord, help us to have some quiet time where we're listening for those ideas and those thoughts and those impressions and those suggestions. And that we judge them by the word and make sure they line up with you. And then we act in obedience to the first step that you've shown us. And when we take that first step, when we get to Joppa, then you'll show us the next step. So Father, may we leave this place having made a decision that we're going to carve out some time consistently to pray. Doesn't have to be an hour a day, doesn't have to be a half hour a day. If we've not been doing any of it, five minutes may be a stretch for us but that we'll carve out some time where we read a couple of verses of Scripture, where we spend some time praying, and where we spend some time listening and jotting down in a notes app or on a piece of paper or however we do it, the insights and thoughts that you bring to us so that in the future as we're making decisions, we'll have all of the messages that you've been giving us and we'll know what to do. Thank you for the incredible privilege of prayer. And now may the Lord bless you and keep you. May he make his face to shine on you and give you his peace now and evermore. Amen. God bless you. Thanks for tuning in today. Thanks for being here today. You're dismissed.